Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we speak to Ilse Alberts, a well-known psychologist, successful business owner, and media personality. And she talks about her private practice, early days of private practice, and how she's evolved her business even in the current pandemic in terms of being even more successful than it's ever been. Let's listen in. Awesome. So, hi, Elze. How are you doing? I'm great, Oliver. It's a great privilege for me to be here on the screen See? with you. That's amazing. So, so we've been talking about this. So it's actually Ishaz and, and my uh, brainchild, you know, the Molding Power Practice show. And um, the idea was just to get started. And, you know, what was amazing was when we were having another discussion, I think earlier this week, and you mentioned that idea of keeping it real. And I was telling Shaz in an earlier episode, actually, you know, that's actually so refreshing because not many people think of it like that. And I think, you know, even the way Shaz talks about it, she says, you know, if someone met us in the boardroom, you know, at our offices, you know, this would be us. This would be exactly how we would talk and how we would do it. Um, and I really like that. Um, the one thing I didn't ever mention to you, I think, is, you know, the first time uh, Chris came to me and, and he said, and this was, this was two and a half years ago, yeah. and he said, you know, Ilza wants to speak, Ilza always wants to speak to you. And obviously at that time, I mean, my wife's a clinical psychologist, and so I knew about, I didn't know about you, but I, I definitely knew about more Bella Vida. And it's an interesting, you know, kind of story, you know, around that stuff. So it was like, you know, although, uh, you know, like that first discussion was like amazing. And as soon as we had that discussion, of, you know, I knew that actually, you know, you would be the perfect client for us. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, and maybe just to start off with is maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, why you became a psychologist, you know, why you do what you do at the moment, um, maybe even where you grew up. So it's actually quite an, a, a long, uh, I have to journey back. Uh, many years because I have been a psychologist more than 30 years. So when I grew up, I don't know about a single person that was in my school that uh, at the psychologist. I didn't even really know about something like a psychologist. You know, of course, I knew about Jung and Freud. That was my knowledge of a psychologist. And I grew up in a middle-class family. And the way for me to go to university, which was an absolute no, you know, an absolute an non-negotiable for me, I, I am going to go to university. I got a Transvaal Education Department bursary to go and study, um, to become a teacher. And then I had to, to go and work back for four years. So I went to the University of Pretoria. I did my BA and then my higher educational diploma. And all the time I have been working in restaurants and selling beauty products to just earn my, my pocket money. So I started to teach and I loved the children. I hated the system. <laughs> it was far too controlling for me and I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy being a teacher. I enjoyed being with the children. And one day in the staff room, one of my fellow teachers said that she's busy preparing for exams. She's writing an exam to become an education psychologist, and she's doing it through UNISA. And my ears popped up like this because she then said to me, she's doing it over two years, and then she's going to have the position at the school as the, as we call it today, life orientation teacher. And my heart just did this and I knew I knew I have found what I am looking for I enrolled with UNISA I did my my uh, my uh, B8 uh, my honors degree in education psychology while I was pregnant and having my first child and I was 28 years old then I was I applied to become for a master's and I, I just so believed with all my heart that I will be selected because I knew this is my journey. This is my passion. This is my purpose. And I did my master's degree 
while I was pregnant with my second child, my son, and when he was born. So my, uh, it was an, a really, really fascinating phase of my life, uh, creating a new life in my family and creating a new life in my career. And then I opened private practice because I just knew I am going to, to have a business. And this is another very, very um, inspiring thing that I would like for us to talk about, that a practice is a business. I agree completely with you. And, and as you say that, I mean, like, you're like, I can almost hear the angels sing because that, that is kind of the, you know, it's like the, almost like the, the, when the penny drops, that's the part, you know, we, we've been preaching for a long time. And, and I remember even with, with my wife, you know, 12, you know, 14 years ago. And when I told her that, she was like, no, you can't do that. You know, this is a caring profession and it's this. <laughs> And the more, the more I delved into it, the more I realized, actually, there's so many similarities with business. And it's almost like, you know, it's almost like going into a certain room and you completely, you know, ill-dressed for the, you know, like for that occasion. Almost like that's almost, always when I saw healthcare practitioners in private practice, that's kind of what I saw. You know, they were in this, you know, in this mode, but they were almost like didn't have the skills or the, or the tools or anything like that to be able to equip, equip them to deal with you know, lots of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's I, I'm I'm really really interested to hear you know that part, and I do also want to say this. You know, Shaz and I covered it probably in the first episode where we spoke about our private practice methodology, mm. and we said the one thing, the one reason we work with healthcare practitioners is because firstly they're educated, and then they have a propensity to make you know a, a really good upper class income. Yeah, and. Um, and then the last one, and I think you, for me, you are the one that's kind of spearheading this, I think, in the healthcare market or the healthcare practitioner market, which is moving your practice past just a therapy-based income into an income where you're serving a lot more people through online means or not even online means, but just a means where you're just reaching a lot more people. And I think, you know, for me, healthcare practitioners get stuck in this, you know, we need to do four sessions a day. And for me, that's very limiting because being a caring yeah. profession, if you can if you can expand that to you know dealing with you know five hundred people a month, I mean I think that makes a lot more sense. What do you think? Absolutely, you know what, um, Oliver. I I had such a deep desire and a vision many years ago that I wanted to open the first big psychology center in South Africa, meaning where lots of psychologists and even psychiatrists come and work. And I did realize my dream, but that, that was my MBA in business because I had to learn to run a psychology center as a business. And I really attended many business courses and I attended financial management courses as well because I understand that I am a psychologist to make a difference and an impact on people's lives. That is my narcissistic, my altruistic reason why I do it. But my narcissistic reason is I want to feel meaningful. I want to feel impactful and I want to get paid for it. And I want to have a great lifestyle. So selling your time is not a very wise way to build up your financial security and your financial wealth, but serving as a healthcare professional is such a very purposeful and meaningful profession to follow. And I have made absolute peace in my heart that both of those sides are equally important. If I don't look after myself, if I don't fill my cup, if I don't value myself and I say I deserve to be paid and I deserve to be paid handsomely, you know that I have no bad debt and my clients pay me directly. In fact, nowadays since COVID and I went completely online and I only use Zoom or Skype or sometimes WhatsApp video where it all depends on the person's uh, connection where they are and I have taken everything online because it serves me and it serves my clients as well. 
And what I want to say is even when they don't know me personally, even if they're not in a room with me where I can push my credit card machine in front of them, they pay me. Now, I know you guys look after my back office and you're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing all my invoices so you know that I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know that my people pay absolutely, religiously, respectfully. And I know it's because I value myself, Oliver. I understand mm-hmm. to the degree I value my service, to the degree my clients will value my service. So it starts with me. It starts with me knowing that I am making a difference, knowing that I have invested and I am serious. Millions of rands in my own education and upskilling myself. Flying yeah, to mean, America many times, many, many times in our times of traveling to go and be- become the best psychologist in my field that I can be because I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's always amazing how you put, you know, the, the words or you've put the phrases to it. And, you know, I'm always in awe, you know, when we speak and, you know, when we go out of that conversation, it's always, you know, it's always like, wow, you know, that was a good conversation. Um and, you know, if I to almost like tell healthcare practitioners, you know, they, they should always speak to someone like yourself, you know, that's been there, you know, done that, and almost like where they want to be. And I know, obviously, you do a little bit of that in terms of mentorship and coaching, you know, with other practitioners, but that would be my strong, strong advice to anyone, you know, considering to be at your level. Um, I do want to talk about something else, though, you know, like, um, because we mentioned Bellavida just slightly, and... And I think I, I probably told you the story before, but I saw a healthcare practitioner not far away from where Bella Vida used to be. And she was, you know, probably six months there. And, you know, obviously, you know, when Bella Vida was, was sold, you know, she was so disappointed because she couldn't get to work with you more. And I would love to know that story of Bella Vida because even that, it's almost like your reputation or your brand preceded you. I, I don't know if that, if, if anyone's ever told, told you that from that perspective, um, or anything like that? I know that I built the brand name Bellavida around me, which was also not wise. If I have to do that again, I will not do that again. I will not build it around me, but it was my vision. And I know because it's my vision, I will be the one that will make sure that the details of my vision will be executed. Therefore, I developed many talks and workshops. And I had a conference room at Bellavida Therapy Center and I presented workshops every week. And I had a signature talk that I developed around a highly needed skill for parents. And that is how to talk to their kids about the birds and the bees. And I have given that talk to thousands of parents in the country that I live in, in South Africa, as far as the UK, as far as the USA. I have not advertised this talk once. The schools reached out to me and invited me to come and give the talk because I built up reputation about the talk. I also accepted all invitations to go and appear on television. And I overcome my, my, my fear of public speaking I said, I must own my leadership. I, must, I want to focus on my service and I'm going to go and give a message. So when I asked to be the expert columnist for, uh, I remember there was a, 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 a Living and Loving was a magazine and I handled the column, Ask Ilse, and parents could ask me questions and every week I would answer the question. So I was very willing to put myself out there. I did overcome my fear of public speaking. That's a very important one. I overcome my fear of, I'm actually, my mother tongue is Afrikaans. All my, oh no, 90% of my work I do and I've done over the last 30 years is in English. All my writing is in English. I had to overcome any limiting belief that you can't do it. I focused on service. So I bought 
a significant brand name around my name and Bella Vida was then seen as me. So when I actually got to the end of my, my cycle with Bella Vida Therapy Center, I, I moved on mentally and my heart moved on. I have for 15 years served families and did hours and hours of play therapy and hours of parental guidance and working with parents in workshops and giving talks and going to schools. And my children became young adults and my interest shifted. And I went into my own midlife crisis, um, which many women would have referred to as the menopause phase. And I've realized because you gave us a beautiful description that you are in the first phase of your adult life, you're in your phase of becoming. So I've be I became all the things I want to become. And now I started to move into my phase of being, and that was my next phase. And that is why I, I sold the property. I made a handsome profit from the property. And I actually mothballed Bellavida the brand name, because it was built around me. I couldn't sell it. So that was uh, a lost asset. So if I can give anyone guidance, do not build a business around your name. Okay. That's good <laughs> advice. <laughs> uh, but I, I love that story. I mean, like, uh, I still, you know, stand to, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, people still recognize it. And, I mean, anyone that's built a brand, you know, knows how difficult that is. And to also inject that emotion, you know, so that's why I go back to that healthcare practitioner that I mentioned, because you could almost, you know, you could hear the regret in her tone, you know, when she said, you know, I didn't get to, you know, work with Ilda as long as, you know, I, I wished I could. And yeah, and that's, that's a really good story. That's a, that's also, a beautiful, it's a beautiful compliment to me. And I'm really, it makes me feel so humbly grateful. So hmm. thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I, I mean, no, yeah, you definitely, you know, and every 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 single part of that. But I, I do want to say also, I mean, like what I took out of what you said was you were a lot more intentional about that stuff. And what I liked also about what you were saying is you almost like built the experience based on, you know, the, the hand that you were dealt with. You know, you, you didn't just become a psychologist. You know, you were first an educator and you kind of built on that. But, you know, every single part of that kind of builds on each other. I don't think, you know, although you, you know, you said it quite nicely in terms of, you know, everything is in the English medium now, but I don't think you would be able to communicate as well as you, you can now if you didn't have that background. And I could be wrong, but, you know, and I think all, you know, you don't just end up being successful. I think it's, it's a gradual process and it's an intentional process. And I think you, you're kind of showing that, you know, and even with what you're saying, you know, like what I pick up from that is I think you built on that stuff. Uh, I think the other part about the other person, you know, telling you about the educational psychology part, sometimes life, you need, you need a little bit of luck or you need to be in that moment as well. And I think if you're not in the game, you, you're never going to have those moments. So that's, that's the other thing. And, and that kind of resonates with me because that's, you know, that's what happened in, you know, when, with me, with business, you know, with professional life. Um, Yes, on your side, sorry, we, we kind of like moved the conversation, but is there anything else uh, from, from Ilza's practice point of view that you wanted to cover? So I just wanted to say, you know, we spoke a couple of episodes ago about Simon Sinek and having that why. Mm -hmm. And Ilza's that perfect example of having that why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you, and you can see how that, that drive, that passion, that plan plays out if you actually put, you know, that effort into getting it to where it is. And in fairness, I mean, it's an absolute privilege to work with Ilza on a daily basis. So on that note, um, Ilza, could you give us a little bit of an idea of what the current setup of your practice is? You know, <laughs> how do clients find you? How do they make bookings? Because you've moved away from having that solid-based, I work at this practice. So, you know, your reputation precedes you, but you do still need to work out how do we get new clients or how do you get new clients to find you? So I am deeply grateful for COVID lockdown level four and five in South Africa because my more than 30 years 
old business and you will hear, I don't talk about my practice, I talk about my business, has gone to an almost crash down. It imploded and I knew it was time again to reinvent because over the 30 years I have learned to reinvent and go with the flow. Now go with the punches. You can't fight the punches because you just injure yourself then. So I started to look for examples of people around me, especially on social media, that I thought, I'm going to see what people are doing. And I realized there were some people that really, they were coaches, they were not psychologists, or they were um, maybe dietitians, but they were in the helping profession. And I noticed how they started to post different things, started to look different, started to do Facebook Lives, and I contacted the one and said, I'm watching you. Something is different. What are you doing? And she said that she got herself a business coach in the UK. And this business coach has coached her how to take her business online. She's a homeopath. I said, wow, this speaks to me. And once again, like the teacher in the, in the staff room said to me, she's studying um, at UNISA, educational psychology. And my heart went like this. My heart went like this. And I knew I'm going to do it. So I enrolled. It, I, I paid for a month online training, a business coach, a handsome amount of money. You guys know what I paid. Mm-hmm. In South African rand, a lot of money. Yeah. But because I paid so much money for it, I put all the energy and all the effort in. And I made my money back within one month. And my business transformed. So I'm now only, no, mainly offering online programs. So the one that I offer now is the my eight weeks to shine, where I take people on an eight weeks journey of sending weekly videos where I teach around a specific topic and everything is around mental mindset, how to use the power of your mind to create the life in the way that you want to. So I work with people who's just gone through a divorce, one who's just lost his wife, who died from eight years of fighting breast cancer, another woman who just said, I'm at the new phase of my life, my children are growing up. So I have people from as far as Sydney on my program. And once a week they get around a theme, a video, they get a one-on-one coaching session with me once a week for eight weeks. And there's also a group called Accountability and Questions and Answers. So I've also launched the Relationship Restoration one because I have become known in South Africa as as well as a relationships expert, especially after I've been the anchor psychologist of Saving Our Marriage for SABC 3, in 2018, and now we just finished filming season two, which will be on air in early in 2021. So I want to have my program ready. When people reach out to me and say, we need help. I don't, I cannot help everybody. I cannot do things for free. I cannot, because if you don't pay for me, if you don't pay me, you're not going to value what we do. So I do one-on-one consultations as well. And I help people where they need help. So the way I have started to do it, I don't even have a PA anymore. I have Kitrin, the absolute most amazing backup system here behind me. You two guys are there, and your team is my whole office, and I don't have to manage you. I don't have to pay, uh, talk to you about performance reviews. You don't come and ask me for leave and you run out of leave. I don't have to manage a building. The toilets are, are, are blocked and I must get a plumber out. I love, love this whole system behind me because it sets me completely free to focus 100% on the service I want to offer. So yeah. I'm taking my work is 100% online. And when a person reaches out to me, they say they want to book an appointment with me, I first book 
a discovery call or an exploration call. And I say, I first want to talk to you and find out exactly what your needs are to see if I'm the right person to help you. If I'm not, I can refer you. I've got a big network of people I can refer to, or maybe a better choice for you is an online program. And I must say, it's, I'm so grateful I don't have a PA anymore because since I started to talk to the people interested to book with me, I think my conversion rate is 90-95%. The only time people don't book is when they cannot afford me. And then I will refer them to people that will be in their price range. Yeah, I think you said it nicely when we spoke about the PA and, and stuff like that. And, you, and I think the way you said it was, you know, no one can, no one can speak to your clients as well as you can. I mean, there's a certain passion that comes with that. There's a certain knowledge and people can pick that up, you know. And, and so I'm not, I'm not um, surprised that your conversion rates actually have gone up by that. I also I, like I, that I, idea. Pardon me? Pardon me, go Sorry. ahead. Sorry, I, I like that idea of the discovery call because what it does is, you know, they actually get to experience a little bit of Ilse Alberts, you know, and then they kind of decide because, you know, we, we've said it before as well. Not everyone drives BMWs, not everyone drives Mercedes. And, it, you know, it's either a foot or it's not, you know, even with, with us and our products, you know, not every practitioner is a, is a perfect fit for us. But, you know, the ones that do want to work with you, you know, they, they get a good chance of deciding that in that discovery call. Do you find that Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. And also, we, I, 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 this one, this one thing I can, I see that, uh, so in my twice a week newsletters that we sent out, I would say, email me. And then people will email me and say, yes, I want to have a call with you, but they will not leave their telephone number. They will email back and say, please just let me know your number and we can set up a call and they don't respond because I know they are either feeling threatened, they would rather have wanted to speak to a receptionist <laughs> than to me, yeah. or, or they got cold feet. And then I just absolutely respect that and they will, they will return when they're ready. Mm, that's also a good saying. I mean, you know, not, I mean, like it's never a fit, you know, it's also about timing. I remember, you know, I was, I was going to work for, there was a new contract I was going to do. And, you know, one of the, I think it was the MD at that time said, you know, it has, the chemistry has to be right and the timing has to be right. And if both of those factors are not, you know, there, you know, it's probably not going to work out. And uh, so, yeah, the timing part, you know, it took me a long time, maybe maturity and getting older as well to understand that stuff. Because, yeah, you know, like we, when we first started, you know, the software side, you know, it was always, you know, we said, you know, it makes complete sense. The pricing is amazing. There's nothing else in the market like this. And people would, would sign up like a year later. They would say, I saw you at this conference in Cape Town. And I would try to remember. And the last time we did, you know, Cape Town was like probably a year ago. And so sometimes it just takes longer. It's just the way life seems to be. So Oliver, the way that I found out about Kitran is that you sent out emails. And that was November... Um, I think it was November about two years ago, three years. I can't even remember three when years. I joined. Yeah, three years. Um, and I remember I, I read it and I thought this makes so much sense to me because remember I have had the full staff, the four receptionists at the front desk, the, the bookkeeper, uh, the accountant, the, I had everything, the tea lady, the cleaner. <laughs> and, mm. when I, and, I, and I went back to a one-man show because I, you know, that saying when you've, you've done it, you've got a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, when I saw the service that Katrin is offering, I knew that is everything in a box. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I had Bella Vida Therapy Center, I said, I'm going to develop a model, the psychology center in a box. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, but you did. So thank okay. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, also, you know what you said earlier about, you know, like, you don't have to, you know, sort out the complaints and stuff like that. I think it's an interesting point because, you know, like lots of practitioners hopefully are going to listen to this. And whenever practitioners tell me they're going to create the center and they're going to rent it out and that's their model, I think what they forget to understand is I think they stop becoming, being a, becoming a practitioner at that point and they have this other hat that they now, to, now need to put on, which is a landlord hat. 
And, and I think, I don't know if you found that with Bellavida as well. You know, it was very, I mean, like it's, a, it's definitely a, almost like a different skill set that you need to have. You know, you need to be the manager, like Absolutely. you mentioned. So I made sure I put on my one hat and then I'm a psychologist and then I will put on my other hat and then I'm the manager of the center. Those are two mm. very, very different hats. You cannot mix it. The psychologist is caring and empathic the business owner has to be stricter and stronger. Mm, yeah, I, I like the way you put that. that Jess, anything on your side? Well, just that. It, it makes complete sense. You know, private practice, as you say, is a business. When you go into a business, you have to be able to separate that that feeling from I am a practitioner and a psychologist or a therapist to I am now a business owner. I now need to sit down and look at the business side of running my practice. And I think so many people go into practice without taking that into account and being able to hear from some like Ilza now is being able to say to practitioners thinking of going into practice that you need to remember that you have to have the two hats. When you're in session, you're a therapist. When you're outside a session, you are now a business owner and you need to think and act and behave like a business owner. And with that skill set, that's how you grow your practice. That's how you build a brand around yourself and your business and still maintain that amazing therapeutic relationship because you're not bringing business into therapy or therapy into business. Correct. Correct. There's one, one other pillar that I, I would love to just really reinforce so the one pillar is my service as a psychologist. The other pillar is me, the businesswoman. And the third pillar of the triangle is me as a financial person who understands how money works, who have a good relationship with money, who understands the incredible, powerful action step to build up a very strong savings account for your business so when december comes in south africa and families go on holiday and cities run empty before we had COVID, of course and you you have to close your doors because there's nobody that can use you that you can sleep very well at night or the our easter april i i work a financial year a business year on 10 months in my business, so that I don't get thrown in the Easter weekends plus the Workers' Day plus the Freedom Day, and you have suddenly a huge impact on your business because your consultations are not taking place. So to, to become money-wise, financially empowered, is for me as the, the pillar that is equally important. Yeah, and and again, I mean, I get you know, it's it's almost like the compliments are fo- are flowing. But you know, having worked with you for two and a half years now, you know, I can say, you know, with with my hand on my heart, that I haven't seen anyone approach business and finance like you do. And you know, one of the episodes that we we worked on was there's a book called Profit First, and you actually, I, I don't know if you know, like if you you've actually been through that, but you almost follow the principles perfectly. You know, you have boxes where you put stuff, you know, for tax, for savings, for investments. Um, and I think, you know, again, that word that springs to mind for me is intentional. I think you're a lot more intentional about the way you approach business. You know, I'm not going to say private practice, but business, you know, to say actually April and December, I'm not here. You know, and it's something like, like even with the practitioners we work with, we tell them, actually, you need to define your working hours. You don't let your patients define what your working hours are. I mean, I think that doesn't, just doesn't make sense for me because people then feel entitled that they actually have you at their disposal all the time. There's no scarcity with that. There's no almost appreciation for what you're bringing through. And you definitely, I mean, like, you know, when I, when I look at it, you are a lot more intentional. Firstly, from a time point of view and, and you know, the way you speak, about money, you know, it's so refreshing because that's how I speak about money. And you know, anyone that's that's scared to talk about salary and stuff like that, I always think that's weird because you know, you, you get paid what you almost worth. And if you you don't like what you're getting paid, then maybe you should change that, you know, find another skill set or or do something differently. But so many people are like hush hush about no, but I you know I can't speak about that. 
And I'm completely different with that. It's, you know, that, so that's my, the universe my, telling you what you work. My, my purpose in life is to bring people that reach out to me to a different space in their lives. Bella Vida stands for beautiful life, Spanish for beautiful life. And that is still my why. I desire for myself to have a beautiful life. I desire to help my clients to own their beautiful lives, irrespective of the challenges and the pains and the obstacles and the losses, to break through that and to get to the mental mindset and that growth mindset to own your, your right of to shine like a star. And for me to be able to focus on that fully, I don't have to worry. I don't want really to worry about money because then it interferes. And I don't want to worry about my business because that is distracting. So to get those three pillars equally in place is helping me to live my purpose the best way. So that is something that I just really want to say. Be, I'm very, very, very intentional. I plan, I dream, I set goals, and I take the action steps to achieve it. And mm. I know which kind of avatar clients I wish to work with, and they are my clients. I absolutely love my clients. Yeah, and just, I mean, you know, again, you know, you said because we, we, the back office for your business, you know, we, we definitely see that, you know, no one complains to pay, no one, you know, gives us any issues about paying. It's almost like, you know, your, your message and the way you approach them and how you almost respect them, they seem to reciprocate that in terms of how they respect you in terms of valuing, you know, your service and your products. So that's, you know, that's kind of nice to see as well. If you know, if we go back a long time, and you know, if there was someone that almost sat you down and said, you know, you're going into private practice now, you know, you've just you know become an educational psychologist, I would really like for you to do this. If you could almost like see someone in front of you now, you know, that's that's either embarking to become a a psychologist or or a healthcare practitioner, or that's already in the early stages of that. Is there anything in particular that you would you would almost advise them or recommend that they do? That is such a great question. And I've helped lots of healthcare professionals with this. First of all, get very certain why you do it. Connect in your heart with your why. Because it gives you a bigger purpose. It gives you a bigger, a bigger vision. And then have a vision for your practice. Have a vision what it is that you want to achieve with your service. That is the one thing. The second thing, consult with someone business-wise. <clears throat> or if you do not want to take care of your business, appoint a company like Katrin to take care of your business because they do it very streamlined. So take some, get somebody to take care of your business side or learn to do it yourself. And the third thing is become money-wise. Make money your friend and own your deserve level to ask money. I'm for sure not the cheapest psychologist in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I don't need to work many hours. And the hours I work is of high, high quality. So determine how you wish to work and then make sure you know your ideal client or your ideal patient. And for me, it is a person that is very teachable, want to learn, want to change, whereas the growth mindset, who is on time and who pays their bills. That is, for instance, just a couple of the points of what I've written down as an avatar client. So those, that is what I will say to a young up-and-coming health professional. Yeah, I mean, that is amazing advice. And I think, you know, again, coming from yourself and, you know, like I said before, you know, you almost epitomize what we speak about from a private practice methodology, which is become a healthcare practitioner, go into private practice, you know, earn an income of at least 70,000 rands a month, and then move that practice into an, a way where it's not really just time-based. 
And I think if you can follow that, you know, you have, as you say, you know, if I'm going to borrow it, you know, a beautiful life. And I think, you know, and, and the thing in South Africa is if you get to that level, you're living at the upper end of, you know, most of the, you know, the things that you could afford and be and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's so worth, you know, being on a journey and, and being committed to it. Absolutely. If I, so um, we, so, sorry, go for it. So we, we are all, we are on this platform today together because we're very aligned in the way that we look at things. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, the other thing um, I wanted to ask you, because I find this a lot with healthcare practitioners, is you, you spoke about the courses that you've been through even this year. And I think even the way you work with your clients, it's not, it's not dictated by medical aid rates. And again, you know, this is that intentional part of how you approach life and your, and your business. But I always find healthcare practitioners always ask us, so we created this course as well around private practice management. And, you know, they always ask, you know, is it CPD accredited? Do you have any advice or, or thinking around that? I mean, I have my own, obviously, thoughts, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how do you justify, you know, training for yourself even? So I don't at all bother about whether they CBD, uh, the CPD uh, accredited or not, because there are many very easy ways to get your 30 points a year. I do the courses that I wish to do. I don't do it for the sake of CBD. I do it because I wish to. And then for CBD, I will make, you get online, pro, online. Mm-hmm. Uh, questionnaires that you fill in and there you get, you make up your CBD points as a psychologist. I don't, I don't know how it is for other health professionals, but I choose what is going to enhance me, not, not what I have to do. Yeah, See, I, so I like that. Sorry, Shes, go for it. But that's the mindset. That's the mindset that practitioners need to be in of that building, building a brand, building a, a legacy, um, and building on your skill set, not because you need to, but because you want to, because that's what makes you the best in your industry is by taking the time to do the courses and not that you have to do them. I think that's an amazing mindset, but it speaks directly to one of Kitrin's biggest values of continuous improvement. Nobody knows everything, so you're always learning. And if you can funnel that into your personal life and your business and actually take those and invest in courses that at the end of the day are just going to make you better at what you do and make you be able to give a better service to your clients, then that makes complete sense. Yeah, I'm my own biggest asset. Investing in me brings the biggest return on investment. So that is how I look at it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in fear. So health professionals can be in fear that they can get into trouble with the health professional board. I'm not in fear. I walk a straight road of integrity, of offering my highest service. I adhere to what is expected of me, but I don't fear them. Mm. I, I like that. Um, you know, the other analogy I always use is if you look at Roger Federer or whoever your you know tennis you know player of choice would be, is if you look at the team around them, you know that just helps them become the you know like the the professional that they are. It's not just one person. I mean, there's a whole you know there's a whole team around that stuff. There's a whole bunch of learning around that stuff. And I find that's the part that's missing as well is I think healthcare practitioners, in my opinion, and based on experience of working you know, with them for over six, seven years now, it's almost like they think that they need to do it themselves and they, they need to just learn this part. And I think, you know, because you said, you know, you're in business, there's so many different things that you need to consider from a pure business perspective that I think lots of healthcare practitioners miss. And when I, I started I- working with you, Sorry, when I started working with you, that's kind of what I found is from the first conversation, you know, I think you even told me at that stage, you know, I'm not afraid, you know, money is my friend, you know, like I, I get to choose how it works, not that money gets, you know, it's the other way around. So Oliver, I have most of my professional career had a mentor of a kind. 
And that's actually another thing that I would say to a young healthcare professional, travel through your career with different mentors. When the scholar is ready, the mentor appears. And I am, I have bought another course just this morning. In fact, two courses this morning where I'm working with two mentors that is going to take me, take my, my service to another level and my business to another level. And I'm so excited. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. So again, I mean, like, you know, just driving that point home of like, you're not really scared to spend and, you know, like how you put it as well, invest in yourself because that is the biggest asset. I mean, you know, everything else. It's amazing for me how people spend money on cars as an example. You know, we spoke about cars in one of the, the previous uh, episodes and we said, you know, cars depreciate at, at such a crazy rate, but people would put more money in terms of how they spend on their cars than they would on themselves, which is just, you know, the wrong mindset to have. The person spending money on a car is spending it on themselves because they are living through the car and the status the car is giving them. Hmm. But I suppose that has to be coupled with the fact that they would also be spending on themselves, you know, from an investment point of view and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But, but therefore, you get different, different ways that people invest in themselves. I definitely <laughs> don't invest in cars. For, I drive nice cars very differently. Mm. But I invest in my own education. Mm. I like that. I mean, uh, we never spoke about cars, actually, you know, in all of the conversations we've had. So, but uh, I do know there's a certain, you know, obviously, there's a certain status with that. And you, you want to be at the level where people actually take you seriously. Yes. You know, so there is that impression part. But uh, I just find that it's, it's almost like a blindness around almost being intentional about money. And I think that's the point, you know. So, I'll, you know, if I had to almost put it in priority, it should be first yourself and then, you know, the other things. Because I, I worked for this person and it was a packaging and automation company. And the MD was actually a family-owned business. And uh, so it was a dad and his two sons. And his, each, each of his sons ran, you know, separate businesses. And the business that I was in, the MD was slightly older than me, but, you know, or maybe the same age. And he always told me, you know, if you're smart enough and you have, even if it's $1,000, I think you could make it anywhere. You know, and he wasn't talking about it to me, but he was just saying, you know, if you, if you were smart enough, if you had some level of skills, and if you have even just a little bit of resources, you know, you could make more money. And that always stuck with me because it's kind of the same thing is if you're investing in yourself, you're carrying that everywhere, you know, that you go into. 100%. Uh, Ilza, you, you know, obviously you were very motivated and, and just, you know, even when these opportunities came along, was there any role models that inspired you or that you kind of gravitated towards? Is that, I mean, where, where did you get your inspiration from? I suppose that's the question. Is My that, mentors. Uh, Every time I find a mentor, they become my a huge inspiration to me. They show me the way. I have had influential mentors in my life. I look for the best. I find them, and I'm willing to pay for them. And what inspires me, I am in a very fulfilling family, very fulfilling marriage. My husband is thinking like I do. We do life very intentionally. And it, it's, it's a huge inspiration to, to be in a family like this, to be with my adult children. They're all three very inspirational, very intentional. So I'm just deeply grateful for a very beautiful life. But it took a lot of hard work to get there, and I don't say I'm there. It was continuously investing in it. And I believe, no. I, I will say this as a, as I, I want to emphasize this, that I am my biggest asset. And the more I invest in my own self-growth, my self-empowerment, my self-education, the better the return of investment is for me and for my family, my clients, my loved ones, and whoever's around, around me. And I think that kind of shines, you know, if I use your course words, you know, that kind of shines through. And, you know, people kind of pick that up. Uh, I just thought of something now because I remember this happened last year 
But you went on this massive holiday. And I remember it was, and I can't remember, was it a month or two months? Would you just tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I remember it was this cruise through the, the Arctic. I know. I, I, um, a, a, a couple of years ago, I climbed up to base camp Everest, and I was in Nepal for a whole year. But once a year, my husband and I and a couple of friends go and play uh, golf courses in specific destinations in the world. So last year we played Ireland, the year before Scotland, and and it's the absolute privilege of making money that you can afford a lifestyle like this. So I'm so grateful to my clients for making it possible for me. And I'm sure if we if they were here now, they would say, you know, I'm so grateful for Elva yeah. because of what she's done in our lives. But uh, yeah, I mean that's truly inspirational. Shaz, we're gonna probably close it off now. Is there anything else that was on um, on your list that we that we ha- uh, that we had for Ilza? No, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to find out from Ilza. Uh, just the last one would be, you know, what can people expect from you and your products in the next couple of years? Oh my goodness, <laughs> more and more online. Um, definitely membership programs. I'm launching membership programs next week. I call it our next year immersion, six months immersion programs. So as I learn more, I apply it. So I don't even know what I'm still going to learn, but it's going to definitely grow bigger and bigger. I have a big global vision and I will live to fulfill my global vision. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, like, I'm sure you'll have every success with it because uh, I think you just pointed the, the, you know, the ship in the right direction. Um, but that's exciting yeah. to know. And, and I'm excited that we actually did this because, I mean, this is kind of the, you know, the case study or the story of exactly what we would like for every single one of our clients. And I think, for, and for every single health, healthcare practitioner, whether, you know, the, whether they're one of our clients or not, because I firmly believe healthcare practitioners have at their fingertips, you know, the mechanism and the skills and the, you know, the, the will to be able to make our whole society better. Because what you're doing for your clients, you, you're moving it along. You know, what you're doing for your family, you're moving it along. And I think there's not many people that are doing that. Thank you for that, Oliver. And thank you for Shaz and Oliver and for Katrin for the amazing support I'm receiving from you. It makes me sleep so well at night. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do too much of a punt in terms of what we do, but yeah. definitely, I mean, like working with you and, you know, having you as that beacon for how clients should work is mm-hmm. amazing for us. So I really want to thank you for your time. Um, we really appreciate it. I'm sure Shaz will say the same. And uh, yeah, hope to speak to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Shaz, Oliver. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode.